New Thinking Allowed, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'd like to share some further reflections about the life and work of my friend Jason Reza Giorgiani. I should begin by saying that my heart is very heavy today. It's the 19th of September when I'm recording this, the morning after we received the announcement of the death of the United States Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I'm mourning her death, and I'm also very much aware of the crisis ensuing upon her death and the crisis facing the United States, the crisis facing Western culture. You know, Jason has uh, written a book called World State of Emergency, in which he highlights the many crises that we're facing. And I have to confess, because of the fact that I've conducted 37 interviews with this man on the New Thinking Aloud channel, I tended to assume that I knew him rather well because of the many lengthy conversations. And surely I have attested to in the past and still attest to his brilliance as an intellect penetrating mind in so many different directions. But uh, it's been called to my attention by many people, and I've kind of resisted taking a hard look at the sorts of things that Jason posts elsewhere, not on New Thinking Aloud. I think Jason has been very careful on New Thinking Aloud not to offend my sensibilities. And amongst other things, Jason knows I'm a pacifist. I'm a conscientious objector. I think war is evil. I don't subscribe to war, and I don't expect everybody I know to be a conscientious objector and a pacifist like myself. But as I look more carefully at Jason's writings, writings that we have not discussed on the New Thinking Aloud channel, and I look at his posts uh, elsewhere, uh, his interviews elsewhere, I am now left with the impression that my dear friend is a warmonger. I think it's f a fair assessment at this point to say that, that Jason believes we've already entered the Third World War, and that uh, our only hope of victory at this point is to finish it off quickly, like in the next 30 years, to use the nuclear armaments of the United States and Russia and other Western nations to pretty much completely annihilate the Chinese and the Islamic world and to establish Indo-European hegemony over the entire planet. And he's arguing for that. And he, uh, I believe, uh, suggests that we need a, a leader of the Western world, somebody who's strong enough to launch a nuclear war and who is willing to risk the, in fact, not just risk, but who is willing to face the certainty that uh, we will lose at least a million 
lives. And Jason speculates, now that I look more carefully, that such a war might wipe out 90% of the planet, leaving maybe 700 million people. Or maybe on the low end, it'll only wipe out 700 million people. And he feels that such a scenario would be preferable to other alternatives, preferable to a, a world state dominated by the Chinese or dominated by the Islamic world. Now, I have to tell you, I love Jason. I do. He's, I think he's a wonderful human being, but I couldn't disagree more strongly with his politics. And to put the best face on it, he's raising an argument that needs to be addressed. If we bury our head in the sand about this, if we pretend that we're not facing a huge existential crisis, well, then we will become the uh, hypnotized victims of uh, the egregore of Wotan, the god of war. And it will be led blindly into a catastrophic situation. Jason argues that we're already being led blindly by uh, Prometheus, the uh, egregore or the, the deity of technology. And he's concerned that technology has to be managed properly. And he doesn't believe that will happen in the Islamic world or in the Chinese world. Therefore, he argues that Indo-European hegemony is essential. Well, uh, it's an interesting argument. And perhaps with the threat of uh, global nuclear war, people will begin to take it seriously and look at uh, other ways of addressing the problem. <laughs> I have to say this. There are weaknesses in Jason's arguments. The man is truly brilliant. However, he it's not as if he's got everything all figured out. He hasn't begun to address, for example, the uh, downside, the catastrophes, uh, the byproducts of nuclear war, the idea that we can fight a global nuclear war that might destroy 90% of the planet's population and then come out with uh, a, a new species of Nietzschean supermen and women. Well, it's a fantasy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a scenario that I think is pretty much unsupported by what the, uh, realities of a post nuclear war would be. Now, another factor I don't think that Jason has begun to take into account at all is the role of commerce and uh, the way in which both technology and commerce uh, are creating a global culture. A global culture, it's transactional, It's uh, but it's a relatively peaceful culture. And uh, it may well be that we've reached a point where commerce trumps religion. Commerce trumps ethos, or commerce is an ethos. Well, I hate to even use the word trump, uh, in this context, because that just <laughs> raises, raises, uh, another terrible specter. Speaking of specters. Now, 
of course, I have been sponsoring a GoFundMe page for Jason, and he's truly suffering. He lost a, a teaching job where he was beloved by his students. Uh, he's writing books, but writing books doesn't provide income. He's fighting a lawsuit. He was wronged. He was libeled. He was mistreated. Uh, but let me just say this about Jason. I've always known he's a dangerous thinker. And I used to say, I'm sure I said it in one of our earlier interviews, he's a dangerous thinker in a positive sense. He's, he, he's good dangerous. And there's something to be said for that. But I think being a warmonger, uh, there's a good dangerous side to being a warmonger, but there's also a bad dangerous side. Being a warmonger always suggests the risk that you might prevail. You might actually start a war. And I uh, think that Jason, who has a big following on the New Thinking Aloud channel, wishes to start a war. Uh, and at the same time, I say, I love the man, but I don't love that kind of behavior. No, I don't. Um, and I think that has to be said about anybody I might consider uh, unfriendly to my way of thinking or even an enemy, somebody who wishes to kill me. I don't think Jason wishes to kill me or wishes to kill Jews, uh, but I do think that he has uh, a uh, an us-and-them attitude. If you don't have an Aryan Indo-European ethos or attitude toward life, then he might consider you an enemy. And uh, as I say, I'm more of a universalist, I'm more of a pacifist, but I have to acknowledge that I don't hear very much deep thought from people such as myself, liberals, pacifists, uh, to counter the, the kind of drumbeat that's going on on the other side. And I do think this, that the positive service that Jason is performing may be quite the opposite of what he intends. It's a kind of inoculation against the very thinking that he is espousing. And that's why his thinking is important to be understood and recognized and countered. But to the extent that people want to marginalize a person like him, call him a Nazi, which is uh, really uh, at best a half-truth and uh, more likely an absurdity, and to try and repress the things in our culture that we dislike. We're at a point in history where um, when we repress these ideas, they only come back to haunt us. And, and we're living in a very dangerous world. We cannot afford to allow that to happen. We have to face these things squarely. I'm of the opinion that when Jason uh, stares at evil, he is able to do it without flinching, even if that means looking in the mirror. But we all need to be able to do that as well. If we're going to face the kind of challenges that Jason is highlighting and face them in a way where we can avoid 
nuclear annihilation would be a good thing. Now, <laughs> I want to mention in closing, some nearly 30 years ago, I interviewed J Dwayne Elgin, a futurist, about his book, Awakening Earth. And in that book, he prophesied something very similar. He prophesied that an enormous cataclysm, a huge war that would kill a billion people. And I remember asking him in that interview, Dwayne, why are you smiling? You're talking about a terrible cataclysm and you have a smile on your face. And he explained to me that he thought things would get so much better afterwards. And, you know, Jason is saying something similar, but I believe it's in our hands, collectively, in our hands as to whether such a cataclysm is going to be inevitable or whether we can find ways to put it off. No matter how we handle it, we're going to face difficult choices in the coming decades. Not so much for my generation because I'm already in my 70s. <laughs> I'm not a power player. I'm not a decision maker at that level. But those of you coming after me are going to have to address these circumstances. So, what I say is, listen to Jason. Don't follow Jason, but listen to him and address the concerns that he is raising. Let me close then by asking you to think about this. What kind of a future do you expect to leave for your children and your grandchildren and those who come after you? Thank you for being with me.